season finale. Season finale, episode number 36. They're just whizzing by. They're whizzing by. And uh, let us look in the rear view a little bit. I got to give a shout out to the wives who were so gracious to join us on the last episode. It was a a little bit of a departure from our norm, but uh, it was a huge cacophony of voices. I'm sure everybody could hear a lot of laughing. I had a blast. I had a blast. Shout out moms. Shout out wives. We love you. Appreciate you coming on. This is delicious, by the way. This is very good. You want to tell us what we're drinking? Uh, this was a special one. Um, I saw it at the at the store and, and and had to pick it up. It's a 2020 rare release out of Epic Brewing. This is the Bigger Batter Baptista. It's good. It's a a little bit of a tip of the hat to the Big Bad Baptist, yep. which this one is an imperial stout aged in whiskey and mezcal. M-E-Z-C-A-L barrels. I don't know what sure. that is. Mezcal? Maybe. Mezcal barrels with uh, coffee, cacao, cinnamon, and vanilla added. And it is a, it's a stout one, ladies and gentlemen. It's, it's a, thick and delicious. It's dark and it's strong. It's an 11 percenter. What, uh, what brewery is it? The Epic Brewing. We've That's had a, a yep. many, many a uh, offerings from, from mm-hmm. these folks. And, man, this is really good. So we're enjoying this one. Well, I think... Uh, Without further ado, I'm, I'm a little nervous for this one. Don't be. Well, it's my dad. I don't know what he's going to say. <laughs> yes, you do. He's your dad. Mm, I don't know. Mm. I really don't know. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> so, the big Steve is here. Steve I'm excited. Munson. I'm excited. My Fasha. My dad. <laughs> hey, you're right. Um, thanks for coming. Yeah, you're welcome. It's uh, We'll see how this goes. I don't know. I'm a little nervous. Um. Not I have all. I have some questions for you. Um, I know Chris does as well. I do. Uh, but sure. since this is the, the Dad Life podcast, of course, you being a dad for many years, um, wanted to hit you with just a few, just to, just to pick your brain. You know, feel free to uh, embellish, which I'm sure you will. Um, but I think I just wanted to start with, all right, so Dad, first question for you, um, before you were a dad... Was the idea of being a dad or what it meant in your head, has that changed over your span of raising Eric and I since we're way out of the house by many years? No, not at all. No, I I knew what I the expectations were of being a father and you know, I appreciated that. And no, so it really didn't change at all. Wow. That's not the answer I thought he'd say. <laughs> That's why this is so uh groundbreaking. It's enlightening. You're both going to learn a thing or two today, as the rest of us. Absolutely. Chris, why don't you do one, and then I'll, I'll look through my list and see okay. what I want to do next. Steve, this is being the, I mean, the first time I met you was kind of on the sidelines at Little Loop Flag Football, so <laughs> didn't get to know you too well, uh-huh. but to get to know Steve Munson, the guy, um, it sounds like you grew up in, near Cleveland, Ohio. I did, yeah. Northeast Ohio, Geneva. Okay, Ohio, close to Geneva on the lake. So the the bank the banks of Lake Erie, about a mile off of Lake Erie. Okay, that's where I grew up. And then you moved from Ohio to Minnesota. No, <laughs> no, I went to college in Southern Ohio. Okay. And after that, I got a job in uh, in Pennsylvania. I worked there for about a year uh, with the Forest Service. That was a temporary position, and then. Uh, that ended, and uh, I went back home for a couple months, and uh, while I was on unemployment, uh, 
I saved enough money on unemployment checks to get Sue an engagement ring. Oh, big spender. Oh, thank big gosh. Okay. <laughs> then I took a job with Weyerhaeuser in Arkansas, and uh, I was down there for about seven months. And then the is force- that is that um, the lumber company? It is. Okay. Yeah. So I lived outside of Hot Springs, Arkansas, a little town called Hollis. Okay. I had no idea. And cool. The, and then I. Uh, Got hired back uh, by the Forest Service and moved back to Pennsylvania. And uh, when I was back there, then Sue and I got married. Um, I was still temporary at the time, a GS-5. Uh, Where did you guys get married? Got married in Geneva. Oh, you did get yeah. married in Geneva. Okay. And yeah. is that where your wife Sue is from as well? She is, yeah. Okay. We went to high school together. Right on. Yeah. High school sweethearts. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Cheers to you guys. That's a, That's fantastic. Yeah, it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we dated for seven years, and she married me anyways. So, good job, she, mom. She had plenty of time to back out. <laughs> yeah, she did. So uh, she was testing me out, man. She was <laughs> <laughs> making sure it's all going to work out first. <laughs> so we lived in uh, Pennsylvania from seventy-five to seventy-eight, and then I was transferred to Minnesota. Okay, and when I went, went back there, I ended up in grad school and. I worked there for 10 years and uh, worked out at the experiment station with the Forest Service on the St. Paul campus of the University of Minnesota. And uh, then in uh, 1988, we uh, got a transfer here. And when I transferred here, I told Sue we'd only be here three to four years and then we'll probably transferred again. But that didn't happen. That was over 30 years ago. That was 88? (laughs) In 1988. You came to Utah and you worked out of an office where... I did, yeah. We had an office. Uh, it's over by Weber State College. Um, okay, it's a small lab. It's where the entomologists and pathologists for the region reside. So that's not where you started, though, right? You started in downtown in Ogden, off twenty twenty. Yeah, started on Twenty Fifth Street. We were in the Ranger District office. That big one. That's on that. Yeah, the big federal yeah, building. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we weren't in the federal building. We were in the old regional office building where the ranger district is for the Ogden ranger district. And then they, um, our office, uh, we had built an office up by Weber state and they kicked us out before I got there. And, uh, the ranger district took it over. It was a fire cache for the fire. Okay. And then they, uh, said that they weren't going to use it anymore. and wanted to know if we wanted it back. And so awful nice of them. We moved back up there. We refurbished it and moved back. So Okay. So actually, we were up there from 93 till, and still there today. Okay, it is. Yeah. And an entomologist. Entomologist, yeah. What is an entomologist, Steve? It's a bug guy. <laughs> a bug guy. Uh-huh. Yeah, a study of insects. Okay. And there's a lot of different fields you can go into. Mine was forest entomology. Okay. You could be an agricultural entomologist or an urban entomologist or... An aquatic entomologist, but... Uh, exterminator. I, I, an exterminator. <laughs> yeah. But I uh, chose to be... Uh, I, my heart was in forestry, so... Very, very interesting. I have lots of questions about that, but if you want to jump in... No, I had means. no idea you lived in Arkansas. Now it's, you know. Now I know. Um, it makes a lot of sense. A lot of your life choices. Maybe I get you should that. ask more questions, Ryan. Jeez. <laughs> I wasn't around. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Dad, wasn't even born. Tell me about your past. Um, <laughs> um, that's actually super interesting. Um, going back, because I always thought, I never knew that you had stopped with the Forest Service for a point, apparently. Mm-hmm. 
when did you do your firefighting? Was that the temp job in Pennsylvania? No, that was when I was in college. So that you were a fighter fighter in college? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I mean, my dad is a golden gopher, though. So, you know. Oh. Don't you know? He, he, I don't think he picked it up, though, there, did he? Oh, I think he can turn it on if he needs to. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard it yet, but I'd call it out if I did. Um, okay, so you went from Arkansas to Minnesota and then 88 to Utah, and, and this is where you retired, to do entomology. I did. Um, yeah. What inspired you initially to get into that? Actually, I was in my undergrads in forestry. Um, I wanted to be a forester. But when I was working in Pennsylvania, they hired me on the insect and disease crew. Okay. And uh, so <clears throat> I just had a lot of uh, good exposure, I guess, to working with uh, forest insects. And when I transferred to Minnesota, I went back out to school and got a undergraduate and a graduate degree in forest entomology. That is really, really interesting. So it was real-life experience that kind of, quote-unquote here, the corny, cheesy, gave you the bug to to follow that. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it gave me the bug, yeah. Uh, I didn't mean it to be that (laughs) way, but it's just what came to my mind. Um, That (laughs) is so cool, man. Um, Now, what does the federal government and the United States Forest Service need the entomology forester for? Well, we do a lot of things. It's a loaded uh, question. <laughs> but we don't just service the National Forest System. We're the entomologist, pathologist for all the federal agencies. Okay. So I may be on a national forest one week, and then I'll be working on a national park the next. Okay. I could be working with the Bureau of Land Management or even the Department of Defense or the Bureau of Indian Affairs. So, Wow. Any of the federal agencies that own land, um, you know, we service them. So it was a pretty diverse, uh, you know, occupation because there's a lot of things that we did on depending on what the land management objectives were. Okay. National parks are obviously a much different than uh, national forest systems. Of but course. But for National Forests, you know, we did a lot of um, work with our foresters in developing uh, what we call silvicultural treatments, you know, harvesting, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to mitigate the long-term effects of insects and diseases. Okay. Um, we also did a lot of uh, suppression work. Um, so, like the bark beetle outbreaks that we've had historically over the last 15 years here in the Intermountain West. Which I haven't heard of, but <laughs> okay. We... Uh, Bark beetle outbreaks, everybody. Yeah, yeah. In the absence of fire, the major disturbance in the West is going to be bark beetles. And uh, so we have tens of thousands of acres of dead trees as a result of that. Okay. And it's it, that was set up simply because uh, 100 years of fire suppression allowed our forests to grow more dense and the trees larger, which is exactly what the insects, you know, prefer. Okay. <clears throat> so... Yeah, in the absence of wildfires, we ended up with uh, these large outbreaks of insects. Infestations. Yeah. So when you say suppression, you mean exterminate? No, we don't exterminate. No, like in a campground, we would actually spray trees. Or kill them. <clears throat> no, we didn't kill them. <laughs> You're baiting them, and he's not taking yeah, it, man. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do want to say, though, growing up, one of the cool, like, so, you know, you 
your dad can come to do the, the classroom or, or what have you. And, and, you know, the cool dad is the firefighter dad or the cop dad, right? Oh, yeah. So my claim to fame in elementary school, especially growing up, was I knew Smokey the Bear on a personal level. No way. Well, I shouldn't say I knew. My dad knew. Mm-hmm. And so my dad would come in and do a big presentation and bring Smokey the Bear. And it ruled until like Ryan, you're the coolest. sixth grade. And then it got, and then no one cared. Um, but then I think probably my, I think one of the coolest things he got to do, and you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, dad, but you know, infestations came from countries throughout the world because they would, you know, lay their eggs on a, a shipping container. That shipping container would come to America and then they would hatch. And then we'd have this brand new bug that we'd have to deal with. And so my dad got to travel to Russia and Japan wow. and all over the place um, to try and help out other countries with their bug problem. So I thought that was really cool. So it sounds like you got a lot of TDYs and were gone a lot. I was gone For a lot. as many departments you worked with in different countries you went with. Sue yeah. must have been doing the Lone Ranger thing with the two boys. She was. Yeah. God I bless mean. Sue. <laughs> and she For was sure. happier. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> slam. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there would be t- periods of time, Chris, where I'd be gone for nine to ten weeks. Wow. And uh, I, I might be home on the weekends or I might not be, depending on where I was going. So, And you might, depending on where you're going, I'm guessing you're in the field, there's not cell phones in these days. So it was maybe a phone call. A maybe a phone call. Yeah. Once a week or something? No, I tried to. He called every night. Yeah, I tried to call as often Unless as I could. Unless he was in, That's in a foreign country, he, was, he called every night. Um, calling cards, days of calling cards. Calling sure. cards, yeah. Yeah. That's what we used. C-A-L-L-A-T-T. You know this well, but the government puts you up in really high-class hotels when you're traveling. So I remember a drawer in our home that was full of the quality in shampoos, conditioners, and soaps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You got to stock up. We just had them for days. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. You got to take them. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's – but for me and Eric, and I think, you know, uh, my dad worries about this probably to this day that he wasn't around enough, but – Eric, your brother. Eric, my brother. Okay. But that was never the case. If we had something big, he was there, and we loved it when he left because we only had – for a long time, we only had one car as a family, and then we finally got two, and when we got two – um, you know, Eric was had his own car by that time, but I got to drive my dad's truck. So I was almost begging him for to be on the road yes, because then I could go somewhere so I could, I drive, could drive truck, dad. Yeah. yeah. It was, it, we, me, my dad and I had a love hate relationship with his truck and, and he can talk, he can talk more about that if he wants. <laughs> well, no, to this he, day, he blames me for things that never really happened <laughs> that I didn't do, but somehow I was, my this fault. is this, this is the place. This is the rift. Make it all. Right. This is where we this, this is where we air it out. We've aired it out many family dinners. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> All right. Um but maybe it's not the place. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dad. Um I do i I wanted to ask you this, um, just because I was curious. What was your what has been your favorite age? And obviously you still got more time on this earth, but what has been your favorite age thus far and why? Oh, I think probably in my forties and fifties, because by that time you've you really know what your job is. Um, you know, people look up to you simply because you've been around a while, and you probably know a little bit more than than they do. Um, you know, I had the opportunity to supervise the staff at the at that age, and uh, you know, I I appreciated uh, the fact that uh, I was working with a lot of uh, 
highly educated individuals and uh that they actually did look up to me in some in some way um for my expertise i guess because of my career and all the things that i was able to do well you spent how many years right how many years did you do it 42 yeah 42 years 42 years thank you for your service to (laughs) the united states um forest service and sounds like with the different agencies you worked with i'm sure you did a service for other nations as well correct yeah yeah i mean what ryan was talking about the overseas work um we were trying to prevent uh, insects coming in on cargo uh-huh. in ships, uh, mostly uh, lamantriids or moss defoliators. Okay. And uh, so we had to go over. We started in Russia in the early 90s, right after the fall of the Soviet Union, and uh, when they first opened the ports in the Russian Far East. And uh, we were probably some of the first Americans to arrive there. Got some um, funny looks. Some- yeah, sure. because Vladivostok uh, is their naval headquarters for the Pacific Fleet. So it was a closed port. <clears throat> so, yeah, I got got to work within the port. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we developed uh, a risk rating system depending on what insects that we were trying to monitor. And uh, there were periods of times of the year we wanted to know when the females were flying and depositing eggs. And that way we could tell the inspectors what to look for on the ship. But um, before they come to, if they have a destination, North America, before they come here, um, they have to be inspected uh, if they're in port during those high-risk periods Okay. and offered uh, a phytosanitary certificate, which allows them to enter our ports, not just ours, but the Canadian ports as well. And uh, that means that for the most part, they're pest-free. Mm-hmm. But if we know that there's an outbreak going on because a lot of the port areas in Russia uh, and even in Japan and Korea and China will have a forest adjacent to the port. Um, But if they have recovered a lot of egg masses, let's say 20,000 egg masses of a particular insect, we know they didn't get them all. So our inspectors, our customs border patrol people will actually board the ship right away and inspect the ship. And uh, so the customs and border patrol would have an entomologist inspecting those. They're not entomologists, but they've been trained in what to look for. Okay. Yeah, okay. They, they're customs and border patrol agents. So okay. Um, but they yeah they know what to look for, and if they find anything, the ship is uh, sent back out to what they call uh, a bunker area, and uh, the captain and the crew are allowed to clean the ship. And then bring it back in. And uh, if they find us something the second time, then they're probably going to be excluded from the port. Wow. And you can imagine what that costs the shipping industry. So, so they they're, probably they're do pretty, a dang good job of trying to yeah, clean it Yeah, they're really up. cognizant of making sure that their infrastructure and yeah is clean. So, so what did that entail? Was it spraying it down? Is it bombing no, it? Is it what? It's a lot of it's just scraping the egg masses off. Okay. Yeah, into a formula that kills the eggs. Okay. Um, yeah, that's uh, really interesting. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it was a good you know I mean working with the Russians and and dealing with you know international trade you know because you're going through their embassies and uh, any any time you deal with international trade which is going to cost the shipping industries more money um it's an issue yeah and uh so they're paying for the ship inspections okay depending on the size of the ship they can be pretty expensive um but yeah i 
Russia actually was fairly easy to work with. Um, you know, we really had a really good working relationship with the Russians. Probably the most difficult you might think would be China, but it wasn't. It was Japan. Really? Yeah. Japanese, I don't think they really, uh, they don't want North Americans, whether we're Canadians or United States citizens, telling them what to do. Of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I can, I can understand that. So we uh, so some of those discussions were kind of tense in the beginning, mm-hmm. um, but, but Steve O smoothed them out. Yeah, Steve O, that we call him? No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did just now. <laughs> well, yeah. So generally, there are three of us representing the United States and three from Canada when we do these negotiations. So, and they're usually done in the embassies. And I find it interesting that you worked in a field office in Ogden, Utah, and you're the guy that they're sending out for these international um, queries of shipping ports and, and whatnot. Your office here in Ogden, were you the entomologist, or is there a team of you No, guys? there's a team of entomologists. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah I supervise the team. Okay. Here. I hadn't, I, before today, have never met an entomologist ever in my life. Had you prior <laughs> to knowing your father? Oh, uh, well, no. <laughs> um, I think I heard of one bug guy growing up ever, David Suzuki. Is that, do you know what that, that dude is, Steve? You know who that is? David that? Suzuki, no. No, he was I mean, the only my bug dad guy I ever know, heard of. He probably doesn't. Matter. He doesn't exist. No. Nope. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll stop talking. How's your Russian, Dad? Uh, uh, not very good. Oh. <laughs> Duolingo it, will help it, you. It, it was better when I was going over there, but, uh, yeah. All right. If you don't use it, you kind of lose it. So I'm just wondering. <laughs> um, all right. So an easy question. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's a hard question for you. What What was your favorite memory of Eric or I, of us growing up? All right. We're switching lanes. Well, yeah, we got to get out of the To the, the dad thing. Yeah. My favorite memories? Yeah. Pro- watching you guys play soccer. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what I enjoyed, and you guys enjoyed it as well, and uh, it was always fun watching you guys do what you're going to do on the field, and uh, yeah, that's, as you know, that was a passion of mine, being a coach, and uh, being able to coach you guys, that that really made a huge difference in my life. Yeah, we never saw eye to eye, my father and I. <laughs> with with, <laughs> with soccer? soccer? Okay. No, to back it up, what my well, dad is saying. Is I didn't my, know he coached you, so I'm learning. He coached me for a short period of time. He coached my brother for a really long period of time. Um, he didn't start coaching me till high school, and I thought I knew everything. Oh, so well, of course you did. That clashed didn't sure. go well. Um, he wanted you to go to basics and fundamentals, and you said, Dad, I got it. Yeah. But, but, yeah, that was three years of yeah relationship. <laughs> uh, let me tell you how this works, Chris. Oh, you, sure. You, you can be on the field, or Ryan can be playing, and as a coach I can see that he needs to come off the field. And uh, so I would pull him off for various reasons. And, sure. Uh, but he'd go back on eventually. Of course. Uh, but then when I get home, I hear it from his mother. Why did you pull him off the field? Oh, and, gosh. No, he was playing just favorite. fine. <laughs> That's why my mom's favorite. But the coach so. is doing because he sees the bigger picture. Ryan Supposedly. sees what Ryan's seeing and is Supposedly. wondering, why did you single me out? He's, he's <laughs> looking for the greater good of the team, Ryan. This I think he has that scope, don't you? No. Um <laughs> No, it's it's one of the reasons we talked about this. This is one of the reasons I've never wanted to coach Reese, because you know my dad and I. Not that we ever had a bad relationship, but it didn't. Soccer was never a, a fun thing for my dad and I. 
as, as far as coaching goes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I loved when he came and watched, and as a fan, it was great. But, but, but now he's telling coach. you what to do, and that's a different ballgame. It didn't go well. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised. Though. I would have thought you would have said football for sure. No. No, I enjoyed soccer. <clears throat> Were you a soccer player growing up? No, we didn't have soccer in high school. That's why I asked it. I found it interesting. Where I grew up, I mean, obviously there were programs and it was a high school sport, but it was not the thing, right? Yeah. It is relatively a new, um, you know, I I won't, it it, it has gained popularity massively, obviously, here in the United States where it's been the thing everywhere else except here. Um, But football was definitely the sport, baseball, but soccer um, is really just recently picking up its stride um, in recent years. It's interesting that that's what you guys got into growing up in Minnesota and then ultimately Utah. So. Yeah, you would think it'd be hockey, but Blaine, where we live, just happens to be one of the soccer meccas of is it the United really? States. They have what they call the USA Cup. And is this still going on, Dad? Yeah, you know. Still. So the USA Cup is the biggest soccer tournament, well, it was at the time, um, in the United States every year. And it's in July, I think, right? July, August, somewhere mm-hmm. in there. And Blaine is the host of it. So there's this huge complex with, I don't know how many fields there were, Dad. Do you? Yeah, 40 it, or 50. Yeah, there's, it's lot. huge. Giant soccer complex, uh, complex indoor, outdoor. Um, and so Interesting. my dad would take my brother's team that he coached, um, their competition team, and play in it. And then I was lucky enough to guest play for teams that needed players. So... I got to play for Columbia one year because Columbia couldn't get the visas to get into the country, so they were short. Mm-hmm. So they picked up guest players, so I got to play for them one year. I got to play for a, a local Blaine team uh, another year. And it was just it was just super fun. So I think part of it was the fact that we were in a town that really supported soccer way, way early on. That is well, I think unique. That, uh, yeah, and that, I think the Twin Cities were had a very robust soccer program. Yeah. You know, when we when we lived there. And when we came to Minnesota, it was just, I mean, when we came from Minnesota to Utah, Utah was just beginning. Yep. Mm-hmm. We, we had obviously some clubs, but not very many at the time, whereas there are a number of clubs that exist today. Um, but my team, the one that I coached along with a couple other coaches, was independent. No, okay. We didn't belong to any particular club. So did you have to do a lot of fundraising and oh, did extracurricular gosh. type things just to be able to play? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we had to do a lot lot of fundraising. Yeah, if we wanted to take take the boys out of state or take them to a tournament. Yeah, Uh, yeah. So we did a lot of that. (laughs) A lot. Um, Dad, uh, you know, put in some time on you boys, man. It sounds like it's on Eric. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. (laughs) Stop it! Stop it! (laughs) Wow, I I can I can feel the. you know, you guys were invested in that whole operation because it's a lot of time, effort, and stress, I can imagine, and fun, but worth it in the end. Otherwise, you wouldn't have kept doing it, right? Yeah. No, I I did that until the late 90s, and then I – but I was coaching in, the, at, in about mid-90s. In 94, I started coaching at Weber High School. Okay. And I stayed there until 2018. Um, yeah, so he stayed there 18 years after I graduated. So he did it forever. Dang, learn all so, kinds of things. So yeah, that was uh, that was a good experience. I mean, coaching. Uh, yeah, once it, me and Eric were gone. Ooh, smooth sailing. <laughs> did your retirement from the Forest Service and high school coaching coincide? Yes. 
Okay. Oh, no, no. Uh-uh. No, I retired from the Forest Service a year, a year ahead of that. Okay. Uh, 2017. 17, okay. Yeah. Same year I retired from the Air Force. Right on. From the Air Force? A couple, yeah. a little divide in the uh, <laughs> yeah. the years there. In the age group? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my retirement year. Anywho, um, before, because I got a couple more dad-specific questions, but yeah. I want to circle back to entomology one last oh. time. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to ask um, for us noobs over here, what unsuspecting insect is actually more harmful or invasive or, let's say, a villain that most people wouldn't know? Like, oh, that's just one of these... Don't answer. Har- <laughs> ...non-harmful things. What is one of those things that we wouldn't suspect? It's a gypsy moth. Well, no. Damn I mean... It. <sighs> Damn it! He thought he had uh, it. That's yeah, wrong. I, did. <laughs> I think he's down. He knows I'm right. He doesn't want to admit it. For those of us in the West, it's probably the emerald ash borer. What? A, what did you say? The emerald ash borer. It's a wood borer that attacks ash. And um, every, if you go back to the Northeast, like where you're from, Chris Buffalo, mm-hmm. or if you're to look at your ash stands, they're all dead. Um, it came in through what we call dunnage wood packing material yeah i know what dunnage is yeah yeah into the port of detroit okay came in from china thanks michigan and uh so it uh we tried to eradicate it uh when we first discovered it in detroit in fact some of the staff that i had at that time we sent back there to work on it um but the trees were dying and people were cutting uh the trees down and then they were dispersing the firewood and as they did that, it's just like a lot of spot fires. These new outbreaks they just spread it everywhere. They were spreading it, yeah. Whoops. And it got got ahead of us, and uh, we could just never catch up. So it started in Detroit, the Detroit metro area, and then it spread throughout the lake states, uh, throughout the northeast. Um, What's it kill? Every tree or just certain trees? All ash trees. All ash trees. Yeah, it's it's wow. it's, it's host. But green ash, black ash, white ash. Mountain ash, they're all susceptible. In Utah, we have two species, uh, single leaf and velvet leaf ash. And if you go to St. George, Utah, a lot of their boulevard trees are velvet leaf. And uh, it it does really well on those. It would kill just about every one of them. Um, More you know. It's a learning episode everybody <laughs> that is amazing okay I'll, I'll that's my last one that's your last entomology question last entomology Thank yeah, yeah yeah oh i'm so interested there there's been 50 more questions that have popped up listening to steve talk uh-huh. so um but i'm trying to i will i will say on that note though because eric and i obviously grew up with it so we, we it's old hat it's You're old like, hat for whatever, us dad but my dad and he won't admit this on the podcast or he might <laughs> he's always been a, he just teases relentlessly, right? Like my, my brother is, as boys do, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he teased my mom and we all learned to tease really early on. So now, you know, as my brother and I grew up to become adults, we'd start teasing my dad back and man, the old man doesn't take it so well as he dishes it out. He can give it. And he can't take he it. He can't take it. It's been pretty great. I, I can, uh, I can relate to that. <laughs> um, I'm pretty good at giving it. I'm not the greatest at taking it. Yeah, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I don't know why, but that's just how it goes sometimes. Well, they gang up on me. so that Oh, makes he's it got a difficult. hard life, yeah. Chris. I Does mean, he? he's No. Being sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> he's an old old man, uh, old bitter man. Um, all right, Dad. Um, 
I just lost my question. What was I going to ask? Oh, yeah. What um, is there something you've always wanted to do, but have never gotten the chance yet? Is there anything that you can think of that you're like, gosh, I still want to do that before it's too late? Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, mom's never been overseas, so I'd like to take her, you know, overseas. Thanks, um, COVID. Where specifically? <laughs> uh, she, we had a trip planned yeah, to Ireland COVID last, ruined it all. last May, and uh, that got canceled. Thanks, so. COVID. It's just postponing it. That's all. Yeah. Not canceling. We're postponing it. We're not canceling it. That's, yeah. a, that's a swear word. It's not yeah. canceling. Just pushing it out to the, the future. It'll happen. But yeah, that'd be awesome. That's where she's always wanted to go, Ireland and Scotland. And uh, so well, hopefully we'll have a chance here in the near future to do that. Right. Uh, that's something I'd like to do. Very cool. That's a good question. Or a good answer. Um, what's, um, what's the most underrated or most important skill, would you say, for a dad that you've just through your whole life experience that you're like, yep, yeah, you got to know how to do that? I think you have to be flexible. <laughs> okay. I think that's probably the most important thing is, you know, as a dad, uh, there are times when you can really be tested and uh, you just have to go with the flow sometimes. You just can't, you can't lose your temper. Um, you yes, can't you do can. that. Well, you can. He did. Yeah. Yes, you can. <laughs> but not a lot, though. Uh, not a lot. You had to try to control it. <laughs> yeah. I did ask my dad what the middle finger meant and I put it right in his face. I had no idea what it meant. I don't remember how do you remember do you remember that day? No. He doesn't also remember a lot of things. Um we were in the garage about to get in the car and I was just a I was tiny. I don't remember how old I was. But you remember this. Oh I remember it vividly because my dad's face was like oh, your shit, this is yep. not good. Mm -hmm. And I just like Dad, what does this finger mean? I put it right in his face and he's Ooh. like, don't ever do that again. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not cool, man. I didn't know. Yeah. You're learning. It was He's curious. teaching you. Um, the one funny story I do, I have to tell it because it, it makes me laugh to this day. And who knows if my dad uh, remembers it. I, I bet my mom will. Um, so these soccer trips, these were our vacations, right? Ugh. I mean, all the all the time that was spent trying to get money to do these things, of course, that was you – know, we ended up just turning it into a vacation. So we kind of went all over the place. And I can't remember if we were in Colorado um, or where we were, but we were coming down a canyon road. And the car in front of us obviously had no experience on a canyon road, was, you know, just burning their brakes up, going super slow. My dad, we were in a, we were in the minivan. Do you remember this, mom? Mom, my mom's here, by Dodge the way. Dodge Caravan? Yep. And uh, we're in this minivan and finally this car pulls over um, to let us buy because my dad is just like had it because we are just trying to get to where we're trying right. to get to and we're five miles an hour down this canyon road. So they pull off and they flip my dad off. <laughs> And me and my brother in the back going, oh, my gosh, dad, he's flipping you off. <laughs> and so, like, I'm going to – him on? You're instigating? No, we just said that he flipped him off. Oh, like, okay, what, okay. Like, th that just happened. So, unbeknownst to my mom for a minute, my dad slowly rolls down the window of the driver's seat and sticks his arm out the window and flips him off. <laughs> just, See my you later. Yeah. My parents don't swear. They just don't. It's, we grew up in a house that we just didn't. And so, to watch my dad flip this guy off was, like, the highlight of being a kid and my mom's Were like, you psyched or like, oh, oh my gosh, psyched. he swore. I was psyched and my mom's like, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the it would kids be. are in the back. Steve or Steven when she was really angry. <laughs> oh, just Steve. Just Steve. Yeah, you remember that, Dad? <laughs> yeah, I was on a trip to Billings, Montana. Was yeah, it I Montana? Yeah. Oh, I couldn't remember where it was. Yeah. That's incredible. That was hilarious though. <laughs> yeah, but he's going too slow. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> uh, that was fun. 
Um, you got one. I, I, I got, got one. one more. You got one. I got, I got two left. Steve, um, do you have any stories of when Ryan may have thought that he maybe got one over you, pulled the wool over your eyes and thought he got away with something when in a matter of fact, you know damn well what happened and chose to either handle it in a different way or just oh, no. not say anything. I think my mom's not right on the microphone. My mom's probably got some. Yeah, I think probably, yeah, <laughs> Sue would probably have something like that. I I mean, Ryan, Ryan was a social butterfly of the family, Chris. Um, mm-hmm. Eric was pretty introverted, whereas Ryan was the opposite, so... Well, nothing's changed, man. No, not at all. I like to fly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I I mean, uh, one time he it was during the football season when he was in high school. He decided to have a party at our oh, house. And uh, Where were you? He was there. <clears throat> well, we weren't there. You were there. We weren't. We we left. and then You we came, left. We Mom came. was there the whole time. Your memory's well, going on, man. All I remember is I came back, and I've never seen so many kids. I think it was the size of the high school Back class. me up here, Mom. Wow. You were there the whole time. You had to go to your sleep study, Snoreboy. <laughs> really? Yes. Okay, well, then that's where I was. <laughs> yeah. But all I remember is that the North Ogden Police Department showed up. Yes, they did. Oh, I talked shit. to him. I handled it like a man. Yeah. Okay. Did, did anything happen? Did anyone get not, arrested? Not that I'm aware of. Did anyone do anything illegal? No. Not that I'm aware of. Luckily, my mom will say to this day, the reason that nothing happened is we had just won the playoff game. This is the year that we took state my senior year of football. Okay. And we had just won. And, you know, if you do anything on a football team, underage drinking, drugs, whatever, you're done. Right? Oh, yeah. So, of course, none of the football players were going to do that. And so it was kind of the perfect time to throw a party. And I remember it was a Halloween. It was October. And we had just won our first playoff game, I think, or maybe the second and so, yeah, we just we're gonna throw a party, and we have the house was just packed. I remember my dad coming down the stairs in our in our house, and um, he Mark. couldn't get through, and he had the suitcase because he had to do the sleep study, and he was like, "Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me." This damn kid should have parted the the, the sea here. But it was, I don't know, it was just... Uh, Any sign of parent while in this environment should have been like immediate dispersal, really. We weren't doing anything <laughs> wrong, though. Oh, so, okay. Well, I'm assuming all the... A couple kids, well, not things. one. There was one kid that tried to get, uh, that was an underage, not underage, an underclassman, is the okay. word I was looking for. Gotcha. Got into the fridge and I was standing right there and my mom had a bottle of wine in there at the time and he grabbed it and I was like, what's up, bro? And he just shut it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you probably should go. Yeah. Probably should leave. <laughs> Sounds like a really calming and unstressful environment for, for mom. I think you had a good time, right, mom? Great time. She, she said she had a blast. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. My parents would never have No one got this. arrested and the cops left. Oh, good. The cops are only there because we happen to be blocking the street. Sure. With the cars. Sure, sure. You know, parking mandates and such. You know, high crime area in North Ogden. <laughs> I was hoping that there was a, a story of, you know, you came home, thought you snuck in, and Steve was fully aware, and it's like, yeah, I, I know. No, there wasn't anything. I, I didn't. What's going I didn't really here. try to hide a ton of stuff. There were some times that I got home late, but my mom was always the one that stood that would stay up. Okay, so I always got busted. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. never actually successfully like snuck back in. Like, yes, it worked. It never happened. Not like his brother. Oh, Eric! Had, I didn't know about Eric this. Eric had the uh, never mind <laughs> the monopoly on the sneaking out thing. Yes, he? he did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He would uh, knock out his uh, screen in his bedroom window. Oh, Dad, and... that wasn't Eric. <laughs> oh, see, 
<laughs> but he did it. He did it as well. He so, did. Yeah. Huh. I know. I did. It. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. I got one more. You go. Oh. Okay. Um. Let's see. I got to go back and see what I've already asked. Um. Oh, this is a good one. And it doesn't have to be something that Eric and I ever gave you. But what? Looking back, and this be something Mom gave you. Sorry, that paper's loud. Um. What was the best gift you've ever gotten so far? The best gift? Best gift. Could be anything. It doesn't have to be anything that we gave you, or it could be something you got from retirement. I don't care. Whatever it is. What was the best thing you've ever got? Yeah. I, you know, I guess it's not really a gift. I, you know, having two boys. Uh, oh. You know, heartbreak. That's right a best thing. Yeah. Yeah. This went right there. <laughs> um, Didn't you yeah, hope that Eric was a girl, though? Did we hope Eric was a girl? Yeah. No. Oh, no, we hoped you were. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was trying to put it on yeah. him. We actually had a name for you, oh, Heidi. I know. So Heidi? Yeah, we were in... not fitting, right? Heidi Heidi Ann. That would have been more of a <laughs> He even had a name. Be like a Jamie. Wow. Heidi. Ugh. Mm. I don't know. That was a great answer, Steve. That's amazing. <laughs> Very political. I mean he went ooh, right to the heartstrings. <laughs> over the top with that one. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna um I'm gonna put some pressure on you, Steve. Not pressure for um, oh, no. digging deep into your deep, uh, you know, your deepest brain cells here. Um, <laughs> Remember, tell us an example, shoddy best, of when you think you could have handled a specific dad moment differently, Ooh. or better. Something that you might have a regret about, or said, "Man, I could have handled that." Um, mentorship better or dad or dad situation i i i don't want to put a word on it but there might be a, a specific instance that you can think of that said man i wish i or i learned from this i could have done this better uh, you want to look at me when you talk i want to hear this <laughs> it's probably uh one of the times that i blamed ryan for doing something with the vehicle um <clears throat> really yeah you regret uh, those <laughs> Well, I don't know that I regret them so much. That was much. the question, I probably, No, he's, Chris asked if I could handle things differently. I probably would have, yeah. Okay. I probably would have found out more before I blamed you for it. So It's so easy to do. I, I do that Can now. we tell the, the best part of that, though? Appreciate that, by the way, because there was some things I've done. I, I did break the little plastic thing around the CD player. It, I, that broke mm -hmm. at one point. It wasn't when he thought I broke it. It did break at some point. I don't know when it was, but it was like a two-cent thing anyway um he almost killed me after he came in a room on a saturday and like i thought i was gonna die um anyway you were scared of him. i was, <laughs> he was that is a powerful I, no, I, powerful thing i would never say i was ever scared of my dad my dad was not that type of dad um i was afraid of what he was gonna do as far as punishment repercussions yeah. yes yeah. that's still but a not fear like he was not gonna hit oh me. my gosh i'm scared of the individual you're scared yeah, of yeah. what this could mean yeah so yeah but then that's what I mean. I left for college, and okay. we probably should bring my mom on to tell a story because she tells it the best. Because I wasn't there. Sue. Um, <laughs> so my dad had a blue Ford Ranger when I was in high school. Okay, they sold that and got a red Ford Ranger. Um, not a Ranger. Was love. that a four door? Was it a four door? No. I can't remember. No, but it was like a half door, right? Yeah. So the one and a half door Ford Ranger. Cab. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I was gone, mind you. I'm not in the house anymore. And a rock had come up and hit the fog light and broke it. 
And so my dad came into the house one day and told my mom, he's like, Ryan freaking broke the fog light. <laughs> and my mom was like, Ryan's in Tennessee. So <laughs> no, he didn't. Oh, it just took me a long time to observe, notice that it was broken, Chris. So. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> It probably happened when Ryan was driving. That's I probably not. I fully that's understand what I probably where not. Chris. That's probably, probably what not. happened. Yeah, that's my line of thinking. Because Steve drives it responsibly, carefully, you're haphazardly, and, huh. you know. Interesting. Don't you believe that? No. I do. I don't. <laughs> so, to, to really <laughs> be, you know, specific, the things you would have handled differently was to maybe investigate some things before placing blame. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. I do that. I think we all do that. Very, very uh, frequently, I think. Yep. Too frequently. I just need to slow down and play um, detective maybe a little bit more. Yeah. When you're just angry, doesn't allow you to see down that path. It's just, I'm pissed. Let's Oh, you just deal blame with it. Yeah, and just and go right yell. to punishment. Um, yeah. Yep. I think we all can learn from that for sure um oh man i feel good now i feel justified i didn't do a lot of those things that he blamed me for excellent i didn't say you didn't do a lot of them i said you didn't do some of them (laughs) i like i'll take some we need to specify here (laughs) you are not vindicated fully close though (laughs) maybe a maybe a little bit maybe a smaller racer off the top of the list maybe 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 um all right, Dad. Now's your now's your chance as we come to the end of this uh, podcast. Anything? Uh, any advice? So, really, if you think about our audience, Chris and I's audience, we do this because obviously, one, we're dads, and you obviously taught me to be a dad. Chris's dad did the same for him. Um, we take our life lessons from that, and then our own experience that we talk about. So, you know, the people that listen to this are are mostly dads, but we have moms out there as well. What would be, you know, after years and years and decades of of being a dad? What would be your your two cents, as, you know, for anyone that's just you know maybe starting out to be a dad? No, I just think that uh, before you react, you just need to think about what you're going to do and how you're going to approach things. Um, you know, a lot of people can be reactionary depending on the circumstances and uh, raising a family, and uh, at times it can be difficult. But you just need to take a step back and. And think about what you're going to do before you do actually do something you regret. So that would be my, you know, uh, my, I guess, my guidance for new fathers. Uh, don't overreact to situations. Yeah. Because things are going to come up that, uh, that unexpectedly, and some are good, some are not so good. And uh, the not-so-good ones may not be something that, you know, you know, your child can control. Yeah. And you just have to. Like I said, take a step back and think about it before you do something you regret. So maybe when I didn't get all of the dog shit picked up, you probably shouldn't have freaked out as much. Right? No. no I don't I, think that's specifically what he's talking oh, about. No. But I, that's where I, I was, felt that's, that's what I was going to do. I felt profound in intelligence and insight into what he just said. <laughs> oh, okay. And then you took it to to that. You're Thanks, welcome. Ryan. Appreciate it. Although that did such, make me mad, I'll see? tell you that. Hello. <laughs> Such intelligence. That's what makes him mad. I know. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I think that's fantastic advice. And um, slow it down and really think about what the consequence is because something that might seem like a big deal at the time in the the big picture of things really doesn't matter. Right. Absolutely. Uh, Just a speck. 
So Oh, you know what we gotta talk about? And I almost forgot. I'm no, glad I didn't. I don't. Dad, I've tried to explain this and I don't know if I do it a good job of it, but no one really understands that I got to ski for free growing up for the the whatever program it was for the Forest Service. Um, what was that program? And why did Eric and I get to ski for free? I don't think he skied for free. We paid for it. <laughs> you paid for it every Sunday yeah, that Brian. I went? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought you didn't have – I thought if I went or one person went, they didn't have to pay. No. Oh. No, well, we had to pay for go. it. See? <laughs> what, Mom? Mom knows the truth. Oh. oh. See, this is why I – there you go. Shout out to Sue and the Wolf Creek Foundation. Is yeah. That it was called. We're, we're circling it back to that. Shout out to that. You can speak more on it. I just donated. I don't know specifically. but uh, I think we'll probably have to – Mom, we'll have to bring you on to talk about it. Um, the the foundation supports uh, our military and, and more specifically the Air Force Base here, uh, Hill Air Force Base in, in Leighton, Utah, and uh, helps pre-deployment and deployment um, airmen as they come back and forth. So yeah. pretty awesome. Pretty awesome family you got there, Ryan. They're all right. You are a lucky individual. Mm, I don't know. Thank your lucky stars, pal. She tried to live with my dad for a while. And then uh, come back to that. Well. I think I'm getting a, a quick snapshot, and I, I still stand by my. That's fair. My observation. We so. had a pretty awesome childhood. We never. There's never anything. I mean, there's obviously stuff that we give crap to both my parents about. Um, uh, there's no situation in which you would never. Yeah, I wouldn't. Have, wouldn't change a, a thing. We had an awesome childhood. Thanks for coming on, Dad. Profound sure. words, yeah. Steve. Yeah. I, I appreciate you Happy coming on here. and, and sure, allowing me to just, uh, you know ask questions and kind of put you on the spot, but man, it's been really interesting and, and I, I certainly enjoyed it. So thanks. Yeah. You're very welcome. All right. Lead us out of here, Chris. All right, guys, until we see you in season four, we can't wait. Coming too. big news, big news, big news until that point, stay positive and love your life later.